1: I want to welcome everybody today to the Unimpressed Podcast. I'm unimpressed that I haven't seen this guy, Dave Bray, the patriotic entertainer, live yet. I want to welcome Dave to the show. How are we doing today, Dave? I'm doing good, John.
0: I appreciate you. I was just watching some of your other podcasts, and I saw the last cat that you had on. He had a busted Achilles tendon. I'm sitting here with a a busted up ankle, so I don't know what it is about your podcast and (laughs) and recovery situations for us. Down and dirty, broken, old (laughs) basketball players, but that's where my injury came from as well. So, The hoopster? Keep the tradition going, you know? I, I play, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, you know, just as a young kid. Was it or Delay yeah. or De- Delay? Yeah, Delay. Yeah, Delay. It like him. I thought, you know, I'd get out there and do a little hooping myself, you know, or the mind says yes, the body says. <laughs> but I'm on, uh, this is my second total ankle replacement right now. So
1: I'm uh, I'm laid up too. How long you got?
0: Oh, a couple weeks yet. I'm about three weeks post-op. So it's pretty gnarly looking right now. I call it Frankenfoot or uh, the shark attack. You like, feel like you wake up from a shark attack every single day. But no, we're good, man. And I just want to say thanks to you for what you do with Bang and with Unimpressed and for having, you know, kind of us no-name or artists, at least for myself, up and comers. But thanks for having me on.
1: What you do is kind of carving out a niche, if you will. Tell me a little bit about that. And is there anybody else that you look up to in this space at all?
0: I feel like there's a part of me that has done a little bit of everything in music. Where I reside now is in a realm of patriotism, spiritual faith, and just self-searching and and bringing some awareness to some of the goodness and some of the, you know, the light that we still have in this country, the freedoms that we still have and why we still have them in my music. But then, you know, if you go back through my history, you know, it's wrought with a bunch of different stuff. I was with a rock band called Madison Rising, touring rock band called Madison Rising and wrote this sort of well-renowned version of the Star Spangled Banner, rock and roll and everything, which was cool. Good for those times. And then before that, you know, other music projects, I was in the hip hop circle for a while. I actually did some collaboratives with One Time Music, who was a police officer rapper and my buddy Jeremy Harold, he calls himself the hip hop patriot. So I've dealt with hip hop genres. I've done rock and roll, like heavy metal genres. And now I'm sort of moving into this. I don't know, it's, it's it's a little more passive, but it's also more intelligent, I guess, music. And really what it comes down to is, can I reach a listener who is searching for something? And can I reach a listener and help that person maybe get over that day that they might not have seen themselves over by themselves? So I'm, I'm trying to be a bridge to the spiritual and I'm trying to awaken the next generation to the importance of the freedoms that we still have in America today.
1: What's your take on spirituality. As
0: individuals, we all have our own thumbprint when it comes to faith. We've all lived a different past. So there's no one faith for all of us to have a certain thing to hold on to. I can't give you my faith stone and have it work for you but I am truly a believer. I'm a Christ-driven guy for me, myself. I understand, like, the interpretations over the years are twisted and and changed, but for me, to believe that there's still something out there beyond self that can relate, or I I call Christ my cell phone, you know what I mean? I I I can't imagine what God truly is. I don't think any human being on the planet can visualize, you know, reach out mentally and pick up what God or the essence of God is. So I use Christ as my cell phone and I say, hey man, do me a favor, get this message to the big guy. In a sense, that's the crutch that I use. I use Christ my faith crutch, but everybody has their own little thing. And as long as it's a positive element, it's doing good for you and it's doing good for your family. It's taking you physically and mentally in the right direction. Then for you, that can be your faith stone or that can be your faith element that you hold on to. But we all have our own different interpretations. Mine's the big guy. And for you, it might be something totally different.
1: Well, I think interpretation is the right word. You know, I think there's one entity up there. You know, and I don't think there's like eight different entities up there. Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. So that's interesting thing over time, how percentages and ideas of things change and become your own determination of what's good for you. Good word
0: there. Time, you know, over time,
1: you know, we as a young adult, most of us start out pretty much invincible,
0: at least as a young testosterone driven male sports athlete, alpha guy, military guy like myself, pretty much not even believing that the afterlife could exist because my own ego would not allow it. And as time goes by and you have children, you have kids and, you know, friends come and go and and situations of life come and go and goods happen and bads happen. And you never think it's going to get any better. And the next day it does. And you never think it's going to get any worse. The next day it does. It's just one of those things that you have to come at rest spiritually to find a a safe anchor point, encourage anybody to find Christ. But at the same time, I encourage you to go find your own anchor point as well, or anybody else that might be listening. I mean, if it's a positive entity for you and you're not leaning on other things that are hurting or inhibiting you, then just go for it and and make it a positive thing.
1: Now, is that intertwined in your music? And is that how you put yourself out there and present yourself? How do you go out and get a live gig?
0: So again, I work with a lot of first responders, fire, police, military, veteran communities, people that actually day in and day out are putting their lives on the line. And they say, you know, there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. And again, I don't consider myself to be a, a preacher in any way, shape or form or a teacher of this or this, you know, mantra. All I can do is share experience. You know what I mean? I can share basically the way that I write a song is right from that heartfelt, emotional place of whether it be darkness or victory in whatever those moments are. And I feel like my music just carries that on its own without having to, you know, K-love it to death. You know, I use K-love as an example. Every song is no mystery to it. It's all just very... song is about Jesus. This song is about Jesus. This song is about Jesus. And I'm like, man, I I listen to K-Love. It's good for like the first 15, 20 minutes, but then it turns into cotton candy for me. I'm a guy looking for a little more substance out of my music. And I I think my listeners are wise enough to look for that substance that falls underneath. And you say intertwined, and that's a great word because, you know, I'll intertwine the lack of faith right into the strength in faith or the strength of patriotism into a song. and I But I'll make you self-question at the same time, you know, is this something you believe or is it not? My new single called Into the Light is blatant How bad of a situation we're in, man, this country, in this nation, this world right now is just chaos. You know, we're wrought with being yanked in one direction. Believe this over here. Believe that over here. It's like a 24 hour cycle of bombardment coming through our phones, coming through our televisions, through the narratives on news cycles. It's just a continuous bombardment of questioning what you believe. And if you don't believe in one thing, then you'll be hated by this group. And if you don't believe in another thing, you'll be hated by this group. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, I think all of us need to just start looking for a positive vibration to latch onto and just dig ourselves into that positive vibration. I wake up every single day, even with a total ankle replacement and post shark attack, if you will, being grateful for the day and being grateful for the breath. And if you start there every day with gratitude and thanks for what you've been given. You know, I think that's a good step. And I think that's where my music leads a lot of people. And that's what they find at the end of the day, Where USA rainbow.
1: You know, you go back to interpretation, right? The interpretation of information. And I came up with this idea of top of mind. And nobody's using this word, so don't coin my word. I think it's top of mind information. We are so easy to take top of mind information and run with it because we're not digging deep enough to really find out the answer. Hence the confusion you're talking about in society yep. today based on the information that we digest on a daily basis. I mean, how do we get that message across to people where, you know, take a step back, digest the information, don't be top of mind and respond or have a knee-jerk reaction? How do you feel about that kind of idea?
0: It's human nature to be the bringer of the new idea or the new concept that you've heard, or it's like wildfire, right? So you're sitting around your campfire, you know, chiseling away on your rock, trying to make your wheel, and some guy comes over with, with a campfire so you can work at night the first thing you want to do is be the next guy who passes it on to your friend and shows them how much easier life can be or the new thing in life. You know, I'm making a caveman reference there because it's in our DNA. I think the reference of wanting to have something new to talk about with our friends and with family or whatever it may be, whatever your circle might be or on social media and social media is the epitome of that. You know, if you're the first person to have the new video up, you know, the guy saving a kid off of, of a highway or something, whatever it may be, that video goes viral and then people start stealing it and making their sub videos and those videos videos go viral. But virality of information has become the new currency of value In this day and age And we've lost What the true value Of that fire is To be Not just something That's put up And forgotten about And looking for the next thing But really cherish The information Really look into it What is actually happening With this fire Just like you said Go above and beyond What the the normal person Would do with the information Just be like Hold on a second That one car Glitches And that might not even be real This should be put into question Before I just shove it out there But we're all looking For the instant gratification You know Feel good button There's a documentary out That says that There's an actual True physical reaction To dopamine or a dopaminal reaction to things you put on social media. So is social media a drug? Probably. And, you know, that's what we are in the throes of right now. We have no idea as a world, even what it is yet. And we are so enthralled with it as a civilization on this planet. That we need to probably all just stop and take take a few moments to really realize what's happening to us and obviously the next generation that's being raised by that social media.
1: I think somehow you have to take emotions out of it. I think the emotions are driven by the information that someone takes in. If you're taking in 300 things a day, it's almost like an overload, right, where you're almost just going to explode. I call it pressure, right? We've been talking about this a lot, and I've been trying to bring some awareness to anxiety, and I think it's due to pressure. You know, there's a lot of pressure in society that they put on younger people. It's being environmentally perpetuated early in some of these younger people's lives, and I think, hence, dealing with that pressure— through time makes people respond quicker because they've been pushed that way. How do we get someone to realize that, hey, this is just pressure? It's just information that may be diluted 3000 times. Why can't people understand that easier and respond better?
0: And whether it's social pressure to be out there in a social media capacity or a pressure to be creative in some way, shape or form or to earn for your family and protect your family. You're right. It is a bombardment of those things. But I feel like social media wipes out anything that's tangible and real and physical and creates an entirely different environment that time, space, and relevance, and human nature are, it's the wild, wild west. Like I said, nobody's really gotten a a lasso around exactly what social media is. So to actually have this sort of conversation and say, well, it's, time or pressure or whatever, I think is naive to think that because we haven't seen a long enough timeline to really deduce the data that really needs to be looked at. From what I've read and seen from children and and the numbers of youth suicide, middle school, preteen, teenage suicide, and the mental decomposition of that next generation, their ability to have a tangible conversation is it's evaporating. It's disappearing from them. They're not being taught even in school nowadays, COVID, put a mask on them and don't have physical conversations. Don't be Close enough to somebody to have a physical conversation, put a mask on. And now we're going to teach you through your screens. You don't have to be responsible for your own attentiveness. Mm-hmm. You can just sit there and look at a dot on your screen and shake your head like this. And you're in school before you had to participate. You had to actually be there physically and mentally. A teacher asked you a question. You had to respond. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, yes, no. Click button. Click button. Why for yes? Click button and for no. And that's the scary thing. That's the scariest part of this whole deal. I like to think that my music and my mission behind my music is I'm that breath of fresh air that when you decide that you want to step out of that world, when you want to take a pause and hit the pause button and take your mask off and sit in your vehicle, whether it's by yourself or with your kids, I'm a safe place for you to unwind and decompress from that pressure. Like I said, if you go back through my history, you will find videos of me screaming at the top of my lungs in rock bars all across America. You will find videos of me putting my hand over my heart and playing at, you know, different, you know, NFL football games and NASCAR and all over these things. And then you'll also find now this new element of me, which says, you know, even for me to impose that kind of will on you is wrong. I just want you to listen and find your own direction. I think it's important. I think it's important that somebody's out there not trying to get the million likes, but is just out there doing what's right. And <laughs> what was I watching? It was uh, Cobra Kai or something like that, right? Yeah. You put goodness out into the world. This was an old Mr. Miyagi thing. He's like, you put goodness out into the world and goodness comes back to you. And then at the end, it's revealed that he actually got it from a car commercial. But the cool thing about Miyagi was if you watch in those series uh, or you watch the old Karate Kids, it was like it was all right on. There's a Zen in everything if you can find it. And if you if you choose the right direction and it can work for you in a positive way. And I hope people will go check out Dave Bray USA and hopefully find that return on a positive
1: investment. You know, you talked about Cobra Kai. They show a very cliche time period. Right. But there's still goodness parallel with the cliche time period. Somewhat the goodness is not as present in today's time as it should be so I understand what you're saying with your music I mean it is a breath of fresh air with the music how do you get someone to listen to it what do you do to get it out there.
0: Well, the great part about, you know, social media is exactly what we're doing right now. I've done a ton of podcasts. just released the first segment of videos for the song Into the Light just came out last week. I worked with an amazing director of videography. He shoots for all different kinds of commercials. He shot a couple of the Super Bowl commercials. He's a buddy of mine named Curtis Boggs, and he's out of Virginia Beach. He shoots just some amazing stuff. He loves the idea and the concept about Dave Bray USA being that positive entity. And we shot some really, really incredible videos with them, as well as Lynn Wagoner from the Silhouettes, who is America's Got Talent talents one of their favorite acts is the silhouette dancers they're the shadow dancers on the big screen and they make different words and everything at the bottom of the screen and they dance and create different things and it's just a really unique take so when you start putting the right people together this is what i love about your podcast you know you dig in you find people that are doing something just a little different and it's not mainstream you know i mean women twerking in plastic rubber outfits over the same color ferrari and it's just how much of that are we going to watch over over again, how many times are we going to keep shoving that stuff down our kids' throats? And I say that because I believe that when you take the right people and put the right people together and get the right mission behind it, that it can overshadow that negativity. I'm bringing up the girl twerking on a Ferrari, wearing the same color twerking outfit as as the Ferrari because I, I heard a song on my kid's video game, and I was like, "What song is that? What is she singing about?" I think it was Madden. The kids, I, I let them play like football and sports games. I'm not into the you know the first person stuff, but if they want to play a sports game or a racing game, I'm into that because it's over it has a beginning it has an end it has a clock <laughs> uhhuh but these games that have no end, it's just continuous. These Legends of Zelda and these ones that you're just down the rabbit hole, you can go on forever and ever, and then you can play alternate endings. It's just, it's too much for kids to comprehend. So, idea about a game or a race that has a time or a beginning and an end, I see that as short-term entertainment, not the possibility to open up a realm into my house for my kids. What I'm saying is, I'm listening to my kid and they're playing a game of Madden, and this song comes up. So, I look the song up, and then I watch the video, and it's half-naked women, and every other word is the F-bomb, and absolutely Absolutely anything you could possibly imagine is being said and done in this video, sex, drugs, all of it. You know what I mean? And just, it makes it so evident that there's a need. Uh, for and
1: how old, are, how old are your kids?
0: They are 10 and 12. Okay, So it makes it evident. Yeah. And, and this is in a video game, right? So, yeah. and that's why I like do a little research because it's being, it literally is being shoved down your kids' throats. And I'm sitting there going, man, I can't believe I just gave this person on this video my money. Because when you buy that video game, they get some of that money and we're mm-hmm. feeding it. And we're, what am I getting? Back in return for that, I'm getting a toxic return on my financial investment of money and a toxic return of my time that my kids are listening to that. And that's a toxic return on my investment of time and money. At least, me, I feel as though the good people in America, the people that want to do something good for the next generation, instead of teaching them all the darkness and negativity that's just out there, you know. Protect that youth a little bit longer. You know, incubate some positive entities. For me, as a young kid, I was, gr- I grew up in the church. I broke off from that. I had a little bit of a foundation to go back to when I truly needed it. To have that, even that, just a little bit of time frame up until the time I was 10, 11, 12 years old, involved with the church and in scouting and sports and putting your hand over your heart and saying a pledge and researching what the Constitution was, researching what freedoms we had in this country. And I grew up small town America. When I say small town, 300 people. So just incubating innocence just a little bit longer before they're given that phone at 10, 12, 13 years old. My kids don't have phones. But before they get that phone and have instant access to the launch codes of everything you can possibly imagine, incubate that innocence a little longer. Give them a stronger foundation of what is good. And hopefully, you know, when they do get that phone in their hand, they won't be looking up what they're not supposed to be looking up, even though. Mm-hmm. But you understand what I'm saying? The shock value isn't as big.
1: When I wanted to look at a naked lady or a naked girl, whatever it was back in the day, you know, as a kid, you're curious. You can only find something like that on a Playboy. You know, I don't think that stuff is being managed properly. The first politician that stands up. and wants to start with the kids. Yeah, where the kids live, you know, what are we feeding them? What kind of curriculum are they getting? Because if they have that technology, when they show up to school, they probably know more than the curriculum. How do we manage that situation? And I think the first person that stands up and does that, that's the only way things can change, in my opinion. Everybody's using those kids as leverage right now instead
0: of what they should be using as, as the greatest possible thing you can have for the future of your country. It's mind boggling to watch watch these people globally just feeding off of what America is. And at the end of the day, you play this thing out to the long enough timeline and you'll find out all that stuff that was being regurgitated down your kids' throats, all that junk, all that twerking over the Ferrari, all that stuff is all part of a plan, I believe, to dumb down our kids, to make our kids less than all the other kids around the world who are learning, you know, higher level curriculums of math and higher level curriculums of history and getting knowledge on science and physics and these things in nature. Our kids are being taught in pre I can remember flipping out on the preschool teacher. I said, What are the kids in this class going to learn? And she's like, Well, we rip paper, and that's, you know, fine muscle memory <laughs> skills. And I'm like, I'm like, my, child, my child is four and a half years old. He can read. I was like, what reading curriculum? Oh, we don't do any reading here. We read to the kids. I was like, you don't do any vocabulary, numbers, math, anything. I was like, I had been working with my kid for so long and he got there and he came back different from the classes because he's like, man, we're allowed to do this, this and this, you know, and I'm looking at that and I'm like, how difficult would it really be to start all kids off in a priest instead of waiting till they're five and six or six and seven years old to get in into a, a public schooling system or some type of curriculum, the young adolescent pre four or five, the two, three, four year old kids it, to get them started on something earlier and then having our school system run, you know, 10, 12 years, but it wouldn't have to be 12 years if it was done efficiently. I'm looking at what, you know, the the literacy rate of the high school seniors in the class of 2020 were like the lowest they've ever been. You're looking at the math you know, levels of kids in 2020 and the score to get into colleges, lowest they've ever been. And when I'm sitting there going, you look over at what classes and what scores and what colleges, they're taking people from overseas because they're taking bilingual, trilingual kids that are being taught at such a higher level. And American kids are being born into, I I hate to say it, but a dumbed down slave version. Hey, don't worry about them. We're going to use them for slaves in 10 years because they're not smart enough to know any better. And that's Mm -hmm. where we're headed. You're competing globally with that. America is going to be the laughingstock if we don't change what the next generation is going to be.
1: Well, you know, hence what that equals, right? AI, artificial intelligence, (laughs) Because think about it, if more than half the society is dumbed down enough, and now that these companies have went to space and the 5G is part of that because they can operate their business from space now. And I think we've kind of missed that narrative with the 5G. I think that's really why the 5G was a big deal is because, you know, a a company like Amazon can utilize the 5G and operate their warehouses and then cut their workforce in half.
0: I knew it was this big conspiracy theory about how 5G interacts with uh, the wavelengths of, of what's going through our bodies on a daily basis, the radioactivity basically of it and how that would change us. What intrigued me more was that real estate owners, like true real estate owners, people that own blocks of land. I don't know where I heard this, but there's a case going against using the airspace above them because you own everything from the center of the earth up through that real estate all the way up to space. You own it all. As a real yep. estate owner, and the fact that you're not being either compensated or asked to use the airspace above you. Have you heard anything about the case?
1: That sounds like our only defense,
0: though. They have quelled everyone who's brought it up. They've been like, Yeah, just shut them down. Write a de- yeah, write a check. But these large real estate owners are, are starting to say, you know what, time out, man. How much stuff is really being sent over top of my cows, over top of my corn, over mm-hmm. top of my fields? What's what exactly do we know in a long enough timeline? What is that doing to my soil? What is it doing to stuff? There's usage acts that are being put into Place to try to defend against that because it's considered invisible. Same as the sun, you get to use the sun, so we get to use that space too, kind of thing. But it's very interesting. You would like it. I think you would uh, dig it. Actually, I'm interested. I want my little piece of space too.
1: You know, when we watch Terminator, when did Terminator come out in the 80s? 80s, yeah, man. That's where we're headed. I mean, we really are. I mean, it's sad to say, but I think that's where we're headed. I think some of those narratives of 5G were more of a distraction. Than the truth. I don't like trying to determine the future. I just try to look at things and where the foundation of things come from. I think we look at things very small pieces of information. We look at things too much like that instead of looking at short
0: term and faster turnover. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Quicker answers. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Like dislike like dislike. Yeah. 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 X's and O's. Zeros and ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we we were talking about the music a little bit, but I don't think I mentioned the album.
1: Tell me a little bit about what's going on.
0: My last album was called Music on a Mission, and I wanted to do some. Something That would ring out to people who wear a uniform, who put American flag on their shoulder, whether it be fire, police, military, and go out every single day and put that uniform on. A lot of law enforcement officers talk about the weight of the badge. Being in the military, you know, you'll do a tour, you'll do an inline service where you may be in theater or exposing yourself to, you know, possible hazards or dangers. But do you think about law enforcement, that theater is your backyard and it's every single day. And it's, you know, it's crazy. These guys, you know, are, and girls are being gunned down just for wearing a badge. And that was one of the things that really kind of lit a fire underneath me. You know, I, I had always been a lover of country and a, a small town American and being a serviceman too, you know, served with basically two branches, Navy and Marine Corps. But I wanted to do music that was a, a continuation of my service. You know, I didn't get to go to Iraq. I was in Northern Africa and, and Monrovia, Liberia and you know, again, it was a, it was a theater of complication, but it was nothing compared to Afghanistan or, or Iraq. And, and I always thought, man, I missed my window, man. I should have done more or I should have re enlisted when I didn't. But by then I had already buried my hooks into music. And if you go back to those times and you go back to those videos of me screaming in bars and raging, just being angry, being angry about the current state of affairs. And I realized, OK, well, my message isn't coming through with anger. You know, it gets people fired up and people are moshing and dancing and raging. It's getting an exorcism of of emotions out through physicality. They leave that place and they've forgotten all about why they were dancing and jumping around or what the words were saying. As I kept going, I, I realized, okay, well, if I'm going to instill, you know, an essence of love in your country or, you know, respect for law enforcement or fire, police or, or military or veterans, if I'm going to bring that, and this is going back 10 years ago, the message has to be a little more clear. And the music's got to be a little more subdued. So that's where, you know, the Madison rising thing, which was, you know, for, for its day was, it was, it wasn't metal. It was rock, but it was, you know, melodic and anthem rock is what I call it. And that that did pretty good. That time period ended about five years ago. And I was like, okay, I got something tangible that I know works Unfortunately the record label Didn't see the way I saw the next five years Going and we broke it off and I went out On my own and and Dave Bray USA Was born so a lot of people are like was that USA US Army I'm like actually no It was Navy Marine Corps so it should be USN USMC I said no I was like Dave Bray USA it's just a patriotic moniker it's My social media handle you know Some people go by Wingnut Surfer 101 I go by Dave Bray USA So Dave Bray USA is born And the first album Music on a Mission comes out. And instead of just releasing an album of music, okay, which is what every other artist has done since the dawning age of time, I wanted to create a different listening experience. It all started with a narration I did before one of the songs. Somebody asked me, what's the point of the album? What do you mean? What's the point of the album? I think it was a podcast or or a radio phone or something like that. And I said, the point of my music is to teach respect. If I walk down the street and I see a 12 to 18 year old kid and I'm wearing, let's say an old FMF badge or something on my hat, like a, you know, a veteran, you know, the chance of that kid even noticing, paying attention or understanding that point of service of my life while he's 17, 18, 19 years old, thugging it up in the streets. You know, I gave those best years. I gave those 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. I gave those years and so many others have too, so that they could do whatever they wanted to, whether it was go to college or whatever. And yeah, it was a choice, but I wanted to teach. I wanted to educate about that a little bit, you know, And, and I started with my own kids telling them, you know, you see one of those, you know, blue and gold hats and you read it and it says, you know, Veteran of this war, veteran of that war. I was like, just do me a favor and, and say thank you for your service. That's all it takes. Or just walk by and tap your heart and just say thank you, and they'll understand. And so that's where the mission was kind of born. And the idea of teaching respect for anything is sort of starting to become evaporative. It's it's disappearing. Uh, it's disappearing out of homes because parenting is disappearing from homes. Uh, we're parenting with phones. So take our kids out of our hair. Go play Minecraft or go play Subway Surfer. Any one of a, a million infinite games that can keep you busy. Touch a screen, and that's where parenting is starting to veer off to, so that you can do whatever you want. You know, the subway surfers and the Minecrafts are winning the day over your kids. If it's going to be like that, if, if we're going to give up respect, what's the end result on the timeline? What does that look like again? Well, you're not going to have respect for your teachers. Your kids, when they go to school, are not going to respect your teachers because the only thing they've known for the last however many years is being brought up by a, their authoritative figure has told them, Go do this, and you'll be rewarded with food and, and whatever you want as long as you stay away you're building something here in these kids. You're changing their mental connectivity to what respect really is. And if you don't respect anything else in your world, you're not going to respect your own body. You're not going to respect your own temple. You're not going to respect your own health or the food you put in your body. You're not going to respect anyone else other than yourself. You're creating little balls of narcissism, unhealthy balls of narcissism, what I call keyboard commies or whatever. It's abusive. And I wanted to change that. It starts out again, music on a mission. The album starts out with just that. It starts out with respect and getting back to what's important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, we don't celebrate heroes like we used to. If we get back to celebrating heroes, these things will be more recognized. Uh, definitely a great mission. And I wish you the best and the, the most success possible.
0: It's a legacy piece now at this point in time. My wife and I, she takes care of all the booking, logistics, PR. I'm doing all the merchandising. And I started, you know, we started our own printing business and things like that for for merchandise, T-shirts and everything. So we're all in-house. We're slowly, you know, bringing on a couple other people here and there doing their merchandising and helping them to self-build their own brands. And that's what colleges these days are looking for. They're looking for kids who, who know how to self-start, know how to brand themselves, know how to have a mission in life and know how to pursue it relentlessly. Those are some amazing things to put on your college application. If you put on your college application, I'm a follower. I do what anybody tells me to do. I get straight A's and that's it. You're just another page in the book. Just like how many likes you get on that post, that's all just ear candy. You got to be more than that in this day and age. You have to show how much more you're willing to do than just the average Joe. whose parents who make a phone call and get you straight A's, if that makes sense. It's just uh, we're judging people by intangibles, but we're dealing with trying to teach kids literally something tangible that they can use in the future. And again, that comes down to daily disciplines and positive thinking. And you know, again, if it's patriotism or your form of faith, keep it, stick with it. And if it's moving you and it creating positive vibrations, go with it. That's what it's all about.
1: What's your daily routine? What's going on on a daily basis with you and your wife? You know, the day
0: starts out starting your own engine. You have to wake up be your own grateful entity. And that starts out with usually some sort of physical activity. It can be your own daily routine. It could be yoga, cycling, spin class, running, jogging, just something as long as it's first. You got to give to yourself first. And that giving is literally what starts my mentality every single day is like, okay, if I'm going to ask other people to you know, go on a diet from the junk that's being spewed out into their world and into their phones, and and take a break from those things. I have to do the same thing. I have to be my own example every single day, or else I'm a hypocrite. And again, I'm not perfect. Not every day goes like that. Some days I just wake up and eat a donut and a cup of coffee. But every day, even since surgery, I've gotten down on my face, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm grateful for the the body parts that work. Get some exercise in. Get some blood flowing. Get some positive ions rolling down through my bloodstream. Fix my ankle. Get a good meal in. You know what I mean? We get we get down and dirty on some Bible reading in the morning with the kids if they're not in school, you know, then it's kind of take a look at what we have to do for the day. You know, for the last couple of weeks, it's been all about the release of the new single. You know, what lives are we going to do? What promo and outreach are we going to reach out to? Truly blessed to be picked up by some FM stations this time with Bold Gold Media Group. They picked up the FM stations are supporting into the light. So just networking, creating a positive narrative and a positive at home working environment. Again, me being laid up for the last couple of weeks hasn't helped, but that's it. You know, you got to start your own engine every day with a primer bulb of, you know, positivity. And, and exercise and oxygen and, and good food, eat some fruit and veggies and get your day started right. You know what I mean? If you, if you roll out of bed and drink a sugary cup of coffee, slam a donut and get in a car, what's the rest of the day going to be like? You know, but yep. if you start out with some blood flow and feeling good and getting those endorphins going, then you hit the rest of the day with some positivity. And that's what is, that's the game plan, you know, start from there.
1: Well, I think you're a very clear thinker. There's not a lot of clear thinkers out there today. I mean, they're few and far between. And when I say clear thinker, that thinking above the minutiae, Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to cover that we didn't cover. Did we miss anything?
0: I think what it comes down to is a family that does good by its kids does good for the family, right? So we break that down and say a community, a community that does good for its kids does good for the community, and a county or a state that does good for its kids. And it's that theory of relativity that I believe Einstein was getting down to is if it can happen at a smallest point in nature, it can happen at the biggest point in nature. And if we continue to do negativity and breed negativity, our kids, then that is what is going to grow. But if we put something positive, you know, in your car on a road trip, something patriotic and it's not thug life, shoot them up. It's not drinking whiskey and smoking drugs. It's just, it's feel good music and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be cheesy. This album, Music on a Mission, you know, it's gotten great reviews, debuted it went at number six on iTunes, rock charts. It's a testimony of putting good out in the world, getting good in return. If people want to find out more about that, then go to Dave Bray USA on all social media. Or if you want to support the mission, go to Dave Bray USA.
1: Well, Dave, I want to thank you. I think you have a very positive message. I think these narratives will persevere in the long run above the minutiae And I think, you know, when we leave this place, this type of thing will be recognized more than the minutia. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on again. This is Dave Bray, the patriotic entertainer, and I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions.